Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space in West Limerick 102. My name is John Keely, so join the studio here by Martina, Anne and Michael. And as I mentioned in part one, what we're going to do today is go through um, just one little section of Who Leads the Church, a little book that the bishop uh, ensured that all the people in, in, um, in the churches in the Diocese of Limerick received before Christmas. Who Leads the Church, extracts from the Acts of the Apostles, where the bishop takes 13 selected extracts and asks us to do, as we call it, a lectio divina manus. So we're going to go through that nice and slowly this morning, so as people maybe who were not aware before how this is done and so on and so forth, um, this is how the bishop su- suggests we do it. Again, it's who leads the church, the small little booklet that the, that, the, that the bishop ensured that we receive before Christmas. For those who maybe have lost it or maybe can't do it, maybe you can contact your pastoral council or your parish priest who might be able to get you one to continue on. The first thing we are asked to do is to open our, our prayer meeting or our, our reflection with a prayer asking for the assistance of the Holy Spirit. So this morning I'm going to invite Anne to read the prayer that we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Anne. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, humbly, and attentively. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let's not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this for the union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for praying that prayer on all of our behalf and asking for the assistance of the Holy Spirit. What the bishop suggests we do now is to read the commentary of the text that we're about to to reflect on, rather than read the text. So therefore, I'm go- we're going to page 11 and page 12 of this little booklet, and Martina is going to read this commentary for us this morning. Thank you, Martina. The first chapter of the Acts tells us about the 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and ascension. It's the period that links Jesus' earthly ministry and the time of the church that is about to begin. In his earthly ministry, the gentle Jesus had spoken words of fire about the kingdom of God. He spread the message of peace and advocated poverty, mercy and love in our relationships. His words and deeds inspired many. With the death of Jesus on the cross, the apostles were traumatized, downhearted and bewildered. But then, unexpectedly, a new chapter of the story begins. Jesus is risen. And Luke begins the Acts of the Apostles by telling us that the risen Jesus reunited the apostles, promising a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit so that they would become witnesses to the ends of the earth. After the ascension, they would no longer see Jesus visibly, 
but because of the Spirit, they would encounter him in a new way, in the Word of God, in one another, in the community, in the apostles, in the poor. The risen Christ would always be going ahead, leading the church. In the passage from the first chapter of Acts of the Apostles, we read how, after the ascension, the apostles go to the upper room in Jerusalem. This great city was very central in the history of the people of Israel and linked to the eschatological end-time fulfillment of the kingdom of God. It is there the apostles wait for the coming of the Spirit. The kingdom of God is about to explode into life in a new way on earth. It is significant that Mary and the women are there. At the beginning of Luke's Gospel, we read of the Spirit's descent upon Mary, bringing about the incarnation of the Son of God, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, at the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, Mary is at the heart of the community as it prays that the Spirit will come down upon them in a new way. All of this indicates to us that the Church is a continuation, as it were, of the incarnation of Jesus in the world. Christians not only bring the good news about Jesus, but they are to continue the work of Jesus in the world. And for that to happen, they need the Holy Spirit to guide them and Mary, their mother, as their example. Thank you, Martina. So Martina there has just read um, the commentary that uh, Bishop, uh, Bishop Brendan um, wrote regarding the text, the first text that we're going to concentrate on this morning. And the first text from the Acts of the Apostles, entitled Getting Ready for the Coming of the Spirit, is taken from, uh, from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, and also verse 8 to 14. And Michael's going to read that, that extract for us this morning. Thank you, Michael. After his suffering, Jesus presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over the course of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and the cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, 
James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. Thank you for that, Michael. So the bishop now requests that we pause for a moment of reflection, just pausing on what might have struck us there with that text. So I'll just play a little bit of music there for a second just to help us out with that. So now the bishop now requests or suggests that maybe we say we we may wish to say out loud what word or phrase struck us. So maybe we might share that around the table here this morning. Maybe the word that appears the the, the word that that struck me as Michael was reading that was appearing to them over the course of forty days. He ordered them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait there for the promise of the Father. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses. Constantly devoting themselves to prayer. together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. This Jesus who had been taken up from you into heaven. Why do you stand looking up towards heaven? Suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. Then they returned to Jerusalem. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Convincing proofs. They went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Speaking about the kingdom of God. All, all these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer together with certain women including Mary, the mother of Jesus. So after that, as, as the bishop suggests, after, as we just uh, made out there, now we, we each of us um, said out loud what struck us, we're now asked to read the text together. <coughs> so maybe together we might start here within the studio. After his suffering, suffering Jesus, Jesus presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over the course of forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, 
he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, and Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. All of these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. So now we have just read together this extract that the bishop suggests we read, Acts 1, 3-5, and 8 to 14, and this is on page 10 and finished off in page 11 of his book, Who Leads the Church? Just to remind people again what we're doing this morning, we've taken the book, Bishop Brendan's book, Who Leads the Church? Noticing the Holy Spirit at work, and we've taken extracts from the Acts of the Apostles. We've taken the first one that the bishop suggests we take, which is getting ready for the coming of the Spirit. That's the bishop. Uh, so suggest that. We started off with a prayer, asking for the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Martina read the commentary for us. Michael read the scripture. We had a moment of pause for reflection. We said out loud any word or phrase that struck us. We've just read the text together. And now we can briefly share maybe something that we think might be applied to our life from that text. Martina, would you like to, to start off? Maybe something that might have shared you there just briefly? Yeah, well, I suppose uh, this reading is very per- pertinent uh, for me because I'm a delegate in the Synod, mm-hmm. and we have the Synod coming up on uh, the first weekend in April, and I hope that it, we will, this is the upper room, that Mary I College mm. will be the upper mm. room, and I hope that Mary certainly will be present with the 400 delegates, uh, with all of us, and we need it because of the job that's to do, mm. and if it's... If the job that's to be done is to last, to be fruitful, to work, you know, Mm. forever, for a a lasting, you know, um, resolution for different aspects of parish Mm. uh, dilemmas, I think that we do certainly need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So I would pray that that this this will be a weekend that uh, it would be like the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for all of us. Isn't that beautiful? And I mean, that, uh, I think that's a beautiful example of what the bishop is suggested, taking the text and staying with the text, and you took that little bit of aspect mm-hmm. of yourself. And Michael, would, did you have anything? The first section there, John, the big thing that strikes me is that the apostles had been with Jesus for three years, 
going all through Galilee, all the way to Jerusalem. They had seen the miracles. They had seen, been at the Last Supper. They had seen him after the resurrection. And still, Jesus comes out here in the Acts of the Apostles, and he says, wait. Don't mm. go out preaching it. Mm. You're not ready yet. No. Why weren't they ready? Because they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you think they knew it all at that stage. They should have known it all. Mm-hmm. But we can't go on our own steam. Mm-hmm. We can't go out telling about God without the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Because if we do, it'll be our message, not God's message. yeah. yeah. And I remember when I said a prayer meeting, a man saying, like he says, if you're doing something for the Lord, he says, is it a good idea or is it God's idea? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit in us, and now just a little bit with the Holy Spirit. We've all received the Holy Spirit in baptism, mm-hmm. and we've been confirmed in the gifts in confirmation. But sometimes, I suppose what happens is those gifts are left dormant, the Holy Spirit is left dormant. Mm-mm. We need a reawakening of the Spirit in us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. of course, in charismatic renewal, they have such a thing as a life in the spirit similar to mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. gifts of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. active again in us mm-hmm. because we have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of praying, getting in touch with God's word, and then going out, as the scripture says here, to the ends of the earth. Not only to Jerusalem, Judea, but the ends of the earth. And of course, the other beautiful thing there is that Mary was with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. lovely. Mm-hmm. She was there, I think, and mm-hmm. she was with them again for the coming of the Holy yeah. Spirit. And um, I suppose the two things I have to myself have learned that is pray to the Holy Spirit before I do anything, wait for the timing of the Holy Spirit, and pray with Mary, ask Mary's intercession as well. Yeah, lovely. Michael, thank you so much for sharing that now. Anybody yeah. quick one there? As Michael was just saying about Mary, mm. I think if we only say one simple Hail Mary for our families and a lot of people are in trouble these days. Mm, mm. Just just the one Hail Mary will bring us a lot of comfort. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Another again. thing the Bishop asked there on the commentary journey and the start of introduction is that um, we would let our minds wander with this, you know, Mm-mm. get into the, let the mind yes. get into the scene. Yes. Not be afraid of that. Yeah, not be afraid of it and see if mm. what's, just picture the whole scene and then what is God saying to us. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for that. Just a little bit, just before we go for our, our, our second piece of music here. Uh, again, that idea of you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, grab me there. And we've all received um, the sacrament of confirmation when, when we receive the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're asked to be witnessed by Jesus wherever we are. And I think I mentioned this early on. If we're at home, if we're at work, if we're in the community, as we stressed early on, we have the gift and the power of the Holy Spirit in us to encourage us and to give us what we need to go out there and carry out our individual mission. As Michael said, to the ends of the world, wherever that is, in our community, in our workplace, and so on and so forth. I was also reminded, that, as, as the bishop mentioned in his commentary, that, or at his introduction, he said, and where we're planted, as the bishop Brennan reminds us, um, the seed that we plant has everything in us to witness to Jesus. But we must be patient, as you mentioned there, Michael. The time will be, will be needed for the fruit to emerge. We're only asked to be the witnesses. 
We're not asked to be there when it all comes to the end of the earth because with this started 2,000 years ago. I think we might have a little bit more to say about the Holy Spirit because I think there's a little bit in the Gospel too that refers to the Holy Spirit. But in the meantime, we'll go for a bit of music. Um, and this one is, is by my friend Melinda Demiscrew. Uh, for, and she sings a beautiful, well, it's a beautiful piece of music. It's an instrumental. Maybe help us to reflect a little bit after all of this. It's called Spiritu Santo. So let's hear this. Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. <laughs> 